Hey, hi everyone. Uh, this is Ranma here on a show eCopy with Expert. Uh, today we have Ryan O'Connor, who is the founder of SULA with us. Welcome, Ryan, to our show. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it. Great. Ryan, before we move any forward and pick your brains on SEO and digital marketing, I'd request you to introduce yourself and let our audiences know how has been your journey thus far, what does SULA do, and we'll take it forward from there. Sure. Yeah. SEOLA, we're a digital marketing agency. I've personally been in the space for almost 20 years now, which is actually pretty crazy to think about. Built my first website in 1997, which is what, 25 years ago, 25 plus. Yeah. It, back in the, the GeoCity days, Angel Fire, back when we were, it was like the wild west for web. And with, we primarily do website design and development. We do a lot of WordPress, WordPress management. On the design side, a lot of emphasis on UX and UI, and then SEO marketing, of course, and PPC, and uh, a few other services that kind of go along with all of that, like accessibility. And uh, yeah, it's got uh, a number of clients, mostly managing on the WordPress side and again, on the SEO side as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a fun, fun industry to be in. Things are constantly changing. Yeah, it's crazy businesses. Absolutely, it is. And you have seen the digital landscape evolving last 25 plus years, like you mentioned. The user experience <laughs> has been, uh, user experience has become so much important, right? And especially from a CEO perspective, from your, from your perspective, we just wanted to understand how can businesses create a seamless and user-friendly website that not only satisfies searching algorithms because we are all fighting for it, but it also engages and converts those visitors or your consumers coming to your website. I think first off, they should hire a professional. I think a lot of small businesses, I understand and uh, applaud when they have that DIY spirit and they want to do everything themselves and, oh, I can build the website. And sometimes you can uh, have okay results, but I would say more often than not, it's not the best outcome. So I think hiring a professional and it doesn't even necessarily need to be an agency. I'm not trying to put us over already, but I think at least finding a local freelancer that has some sort of portfolio, get someone involved who's been there and done that. Because I think when a business owner is trying to do that themselves, it's they can get in their own way, just like we can get in our own way, like on our own personal projects. So I think finding uh -huh. someone, again, with the experience and ideally some sort of portfolio that backs up the type of work they're doing would be a good starting place for a business owner. Uh, you just did a pitch to for our fraternity. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And then when we talk about a website, content plays such an important role. So in terms of content optimization, if we talk about SUNA, how do you guys do a comprehensive SEO audit and our content audit and identify opportunities to improve the existing content, which is already there in terms of SEO. I think first off, having an understanding of what search engines want is very important, but I think it's also equally or probably more important to understand what your actual visitors want and finding a synergy between those two things. And that's not as easy as it seems. Again, I'm sure that's something you deal with all the time in your agency, but creating content that's useful, I think is what it should boil down to. And if you're 
too focused on the marketing side or too focused on trying to, for example, in Yoast, trying to get the green lights uh, for your content as far as do you have your H1 in the right place? Do you have your subheadings? Is the article more than 500 words? Do you have internal and external links? All these things, while they're important, sometimes very important, uh, I think uh, making sure that the content is actually useful is the number one thing. So having an understanding of who your audience is, what they're looking for. And again, yes, putting the focus on the user, on the visitor. And I think while there are these things that we talk about, the Yoast list that I gave an example of all the boxes that you want to check with our content as far as that, at least from an SEO standpoint, I think having something that's actually useful for the visitor should be there in the forefront. So that's what Google rewards good content, or at least they're supposed to most of the time. Sometimes, sometimes both the Google gods work in mysterious ways. But I think at the end of the day, if you have great content and a great user experience, going back to the first question you asked, Google tends to reward that. And again, along with a million other factors that we can talk about, but I think, yeah, just understanding what the visitor wants and again, just try look another way to look at this real quick is look at what your competitors are doing and do it better. Find out, yeah, okay, these are the top three sites. You can, you don't need to be an expert with a lot of this stuff. I tell clients uh, all the time, he's probably a terrible salesman, but look at what the competitors are doing to get in those top positions. It was some very basic stuff. You can get an idea of, okay. These top three pages are very long form and 2,500 words. And you can see that they're doing a lot of internal linking and you can run the URLs through free tools like SEMrush. Well, Search Console is free too, another good one. But you can look and see, okay, these three websites in the top three positions have a backlink profile that has more than 10,000 links to their URL. The domain is... 22 years old, there's 5,000 words on the page and my page is 400 words long. And I just posted it yesterday and my domain is three weeks old. When you can look at a situation like that and very quickly understand, okay, I'm probably not going to outrank these guys. Maybe I should adjust my strategy. And I think you're going to be in for a lot more uh, success. And, and, and again, not just technical side, but look at it from the user perspective too. What are those top three results doing? You can usually glance and have an idea of, okay, this is the strategy that I should go for. But again, I think a lot of that just boils down to providing useful content that's actually helpful. The basics yeah. for what Google's supposed to rank websites for, supposed to, not always. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then uh, in, at SULA, how do you optimize website content to appear in featured, featured snippets or answer boxes on search engine results? And just make sure, A, that it's a good content and then obviously base it around a keyword that's getting some sort of traffic and depending on the client, taking a close look at the keywords that you are optimizing for, which again goes back to what we were saying earlier, is it realistic to rank for this? But even everyone, the, the top positions is what everyone's shooting for. There's a significant difference in the traffic that you're going to get in the number one or number two position versus number eight or number nine. But sometimes, depending on your campaign, sometimes even just getting any traffic, whether that's a long form or, or long tail keyword that you're going for, 
that maybe doesn't produce the traffic as a, a bigger keyword, but is still getting some traction going, that can be useful too. But I think that just making sure that the content is actually useful should always be at the forefront because when the content sucks, even if you get that temporary bump, because Google's messing with the algorithm and they're seeing how people are responding to your content. Sometimes you get that temporary boost, but for long-term, like the good evergreen content is always going to win. But yeah, just that's a, I think evergreen is a big part of that too. Again, every campaign is different, but I would say that type of content um, and just seeing like how it can reward you over the long-term is always like a nice strategy when you have something that three years from now it's still ranking. That's always a nice thing to see. And I think before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about PPC as well. And I think while they both have their pros and cons, that's like, uh, I think the nice thing about SEO is when you do have that, if it's that one article that's pulling in that extra traffic, when you see over a long period of time, that traffic that you're still gaining versus something like PPC, that as soon as you turn off the ads, you know, that traffic disappears. That's a a pretty advantageous situation for SEO in a lot of cases. Yeah. And then you, uh, we did touch upon topics like content, which brings me, we really cannot skip it. Talking about AI related content, AI has taken all of us, you know, the industry yes. by a song. I, right? I rolled my eyes as soon as you said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exciting times for sure. And it scared few people of their jobs initially. Now things are settling down. It's there to stay. Everyone is aware of it. So just wanted to understand your take on it. Where are we right now? Where are we headed in terms of AI and digital yeah, marketing at large? Good question. I think, and I echo your sentiments that too, where you're, we all start wondering, are, do we have job security? Is this robot going to kill our jobs? But you can imagine how I feel. I literally have uh, SEO in my domain name and in my company name where it's like, wait, <laughs> is, is SEO even going to exist in six months? But I think using, I, I didn't talk this analogy, someone did, but using AI as a co-pilot, I actually enjoy quite a bit. So I think we're a lot, maybe I'll eat my words, maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're a long ways off from AI, like completely taking over everything to the point that our jobs are useless for a number of reasons. For one, I still have clients and still speak with potential clients that they have zero understanding of the web in general, things that are second nature to you and me, because we've been in this business, we've dealt with this stuff for 20 plus years. There's still so many business owners out there that they, some of them are just getting started with their first websites. So I think some of these AI tools are very useful. I think we, that for one, they're not going to completely take over, but I think when they're implemented for agencies or for freelancers or for whoever as a tool, part of our toolbox, again, like co-pilot uh, analogy I was saying earlier, I think they can be super useful, especially for repetitive data entry type tasks and train something like that to do the work for you. And also just more candidly, I think the Google results have not been amazing. That's what I personally think, at least over the last couple of years. So I think there's sometimes a disconnect between Google showing useful results and that Google, the publicly traded trillion dollar market cap company that also needs to worry about 
serving ads, selling, selling their ad service. So I think there's sometimes disconnect there. But so I, on that note, I love that um, AI shook things up a little bit. Like I like the idea of Google execs not being able to rest on their morals. So hey, there's things that could come along and disrupt our business. So I, I love AI for that. But in general, though, I think AI content, I haven't seen, or, or maybe it's there and I just didn't recognize it, but a lot of the AI content that I see is not good. It, it, it is okay. <laughs> I think it could certainly be a fun tool for a, a kid that uh, forgot to do his report at the last minute and needs to maybe <laughs> needs to get out of a jam. But as far as useful content that's going to stand the test of time and make me rank really well in Google, um, I'm sure there's. Um, I, in fact, I know there's been some isolated cases, especially for more like a news content uh, on the fly type SEO content that's actually done well with SEO or as far as AI generated content. So I'm sure there's some opportunities, but I think as a whole, it's not going to take over. I'm not firing any copywriters any, anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. What, what about you? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's good. Okay. And one should actually get it in the armory. It's what we believe in. Uh, having said that, it is just to, like you mentioned, I give this example to my team as well. You have a report to submit at 4 p.m. You just realize it at 3 p.m. You need a head start. It gives you that head start, but it can never. Yes, really, absolutely. You know, it can never really be your final product. Reason being, if we talk about website content, for example, okay. So the content website is, has to be consumed by a human being, right? And AI. The emotional question, the other factors that a human brings into the equation is missing if you talk about AI content, right? While it gives it start, it gives you some information to get this going, it can never be really your final product. At the end of the day, you need a human touch to, for that content to make it presentable on your website to your consumer, which is a human being at the end of the day. So that's my take on it. You take it. It's there to stay and you can learn a lot more. Your tasks are will become easier. You will take less time to complete tasks. All of that said, it is not going to be your end task. That is not the final product which is out for delivery. It cannot be, it cannot be that ever. So you need to work upon yeah. that. So forget about taking jobs. The way I look at it, it's going to increase jobs if the content writers or the exact domain or niche people who think they're going to get affected with it if they use it in a way that they, they become more tech savvy, they understand the platform, they use it and it's, it's going to increase more jobs and make them more efficient than they were earlier. Uh, agreed. I yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And even as far as use cases go, I've just an example client, I won't say any names, but they have a big e-commerce store and they have a mm -hmm these hundreds of products, probably thousands of products, and their product descriptions are terrible. While I wouldn't tell them that, hey, just use ChatGPT and you will start ranking amazingly well for all of these products. Uh, no, that's not the case. But to your point earlier, as far as at least giving you a head start on uh, writing that content, uh, something like this can give you that kick in the ass that you need to get things moving. Uh, and, and so I think, and then when you look at a situation like that with 
is your one sentence or two sentence with spelling errors and grammar issues, is that description useful? Or is the five or six sentence version that ChatGPT stood out for you? Sometimes that ChatGPT description scenarios like that is going to be better. Or if it's just a, say, a stubborn business owner that they must write their own content, but you have to have that conversation with them that, hey, you're not the best content writer. So, so in those cases, SEO is the goal, but more just a user experience. There are use cases where it's actually fixing little coding issues too. Yeah. I think there's plenty of use cases, but yeah, I, like you said, I, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna start uh, taking away jobs. I mean, like it could create more. And I think, yeah. again, I, I love that Google is getting shaken up a little bit. And I think some of the, I don't know if you've observed this, but I feel like maybe I'm just biased, but because it's frustrating sometimes that so we have to be nice. We, Google, yeah. Google, Google is the end all be all. So uh, as far as SEO and PPC, so you have to play along. Sometimes it's uh, not fun to play along. I think some of the ranking factors are ridiculous. So I think uh, backlinks are uh, smart. Those are hard to fake. And I, that makes sense that something like that happens organically, it's going to get rewarded. But I've also just, I feel I've seen a lot of useless content uh, in the results. I feel sometimes there's just not the results that maybe there was five or 10 years ago. Maybe I'm just uh, happy that Google is getting not not scared. Maybe there's yeah. someone else that's entered the space that's maybe giving them a, a little bit of trouble. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's a good thing. Competition is a good thing. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see where it goes from here because we're still in the very early stages. So three, five, 10 years from now, it'd be dramatically different, hopefully for the Yeah, Absolutely. Like the say, symbol of a healthy democracy is a healthy opposition, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So there's no harm in creating another, if not Google, at least parallel world wherein Google gets, you know, shaken up a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sick of the, we'll just turn this into a therapy session where I can complain about Google now. But even some of the technical things that are, are essentially required, uh, with some exceptions, it's ridiculous. Just it the, the, yeah, it's so repetitive. And then when algorithm update comes along that wipes out X, Y, or Z, so much of it is beyond our control. And I think that's why we as agencies find clients because they don't want to deal with this stuff. So we end up dealing with it grudgingly <laughs> at times. But yeah, it's competition's a good thing. That is indeed. Great, yeah, Ryan. Now that was it from a podcast and question perspective. But before we wrap it up, I would love to play a quick rapid fire with you. I hope you're game for it. Yeah, let's do it. Great. What is a favorite book? Where the Red Fern Grows. Okay. Your last Google search. Um, can I look? I don't yeah, know. Please. This is an open book. No worry. That's it. Google Domains. <laughs> Okay, okay. Which is interesting that we were Googling things that we could get to and I clicked in our marks or whatever. <laughs> right. And uh, uh, what did you do with your first paycheck? So remember, uh, I remember very specifically getting at it, which client it was and being like thrilled, you know, that feeling of, uh, wow, someone is trusting me to do this. And I, I gotta, this is very real now. This is a business. It's not a hobby, but uh, I don't 
remember what I did. Certainly not saving it. That's uh, a lesson that you, the, kid, the kids listening should make sure to not follow. Yeah. And let's say if we were to make a movie on you, what genre would it be? I'm sorry, say, say that again. Let's say if we were to make a movie on you, what genre would it be? Uh, that that's a tough question. I don't know. Maybe like some sort of like office type humor, like office based comedy. Maybe very sarcastic. So yeah, I'd, I'd go with comedy. I guess my life is a comedy sometimes with the all the wants of life of the clients you have to deal with. Sometimes <laughs> every day is uh, insane. I mean, so maybe a psychological thriller would be a better answer. I don't know. I like the logical thriller. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> That's lovely. I was about to mention something like suits wherein it is a typical law firm thing and office. But yeah, maybe one of those. Yeah. And okay, the last one, yeah. What is the best thing that you like about your job or let's say our industry? Being, generally speaking, being your own boss, I, I think that there's no other way that I would do it. Certainly there's a lot of responsibility, way too much screen time and all these things that we can complain about, which I probably do complain about on a daily basis. But I think at the end of the day, uh, working for yourself versus uh, working for another party, that's what it boils down to for me. I, I like feeling like the work that I'm doing is um, compounding into something that's benefiting me and not getting your boss richer, basically. So, yeah, and I think I've always been a bit of a, a tech nerd, for lack of better terms. So I think just being involved on the technical side of design is interesting. And I guess to give you a third answer, being involved in design period, I think is fine. Just being able to be creative at times. That's a nice part about it, at least as far as like the design part of it. But uh, yeah, all the above. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, we're not really, really any further. But yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for taking our time and do this. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. And I, I'm so glad we could finally connect too. I know we spent months trying to nail down a date. Yeah. So I'm glad we could finally connect. And it's always, always a pleasure chopping it up with you, talking about online marketing and all that nerd yeah. stuff. Lovely. Our pleasure is all mine and you have a great day. Thank you so much.